to the show. I'm excited to present to you today's guest, Jeremiah Bear. Jeremiah is a certified nutrition coach, strength coach, and owner of the online coaching business, Barefit. He is also one of my friends and my former nutrition coach, so it was a blast having him on the show, and we had so much fun recording this, and I got so many laughs out of it, so I know that you will enjoy it. We talk about all things fitness and nutrition, why honoring your journey and learning to love yourself is so important to reaching your goals, how to program cardio into your training, how to train during quarantine, mindset shifts, habit psychology, honing in on your nutrition, and so much more. So enjoy the episode, and if you have any comments about the show, if you loved it, let me know, and please rate, review, and subscribe. Let's do it. All right, everyone, welcome back to Sessions with Sid. I am really, really excited to have Jeremiah Bear on the show today. Jeremiah is my friend and former nutrition coach and an amazing human in so many ways and so knowledgeable in the areas of fitness and nutrition. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm stoked to finally be here. Yeah, it's it's such an honor to have you. Can you please introduce yourself and tell us what you do, what you're passionate about, and yeah, anything else you want to share? Of course, of course. So like you said, I am an online coach, um, nutrition and training. I currently live in Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm originally from Nebraska. Nutrition training, really like my passion isn't, I love nutrition and training. My passion isn't though nutrition and training. My passion is watching people go through this journey of like, as I'm sure many of your listeners know, and you know, like when you transform yourself physically or even you worked as a trainer for quite a while yourself. And I know you've probably seen people go through this transformation. The transformation that you see in your clients' lives that's my passion. That's what I love seeing. And for me, nutrition and training is kind of the vehicle that we use to get people there, right? Um, so that's really what I'm passionate about, I would say. But yeah, that's me in a nutshell. I love it. And one thing that I can really attest to is like having worked with you, I really feel that passion from you. And I feel like how much you truly, truly care about your clients and the time that you take to really break things down and to really analyze, you know, okay, what are all possible things that could be contributing to your struggles? Like, how can I help you is a question that you ask all the time. How can I support you? And a huge thing that I really appreciate about you is like, you're not only tackling the nutrition and fitness part, but you're also caring about people as human beings. Like just thinking about our work together, like there are times when I would just like email or call you and like be like upset about something that didn't even have 
anything to do with nutrition or fitness and you're like, Hey, I'm here. Like, let's talk about it. I'm, you know, and just like, that is so important in any kind of relationship. So I just wanted to like really state (laughs) that so that people really understand like how amazing you are. Um, Thank you. That means a lot to me. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got into training and nutrition? Of course. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, oh man, the story, every time I tell this story, I have to cringe because it's like the most, it's so stupid. But basically, um, I played football in high school. Every, every, like our games were every Friday. So people would always, like Thursday nights before we go to our, we get ready to play football games on Friday. The seniors would always stand up there. They give this super serious speech to hype us up and they would do this thing where they like, it was just like to really hype us up. But I remember one time, I think it was when I was a junior, me and my buddy were sitting there. One of the seniors up there was giving a super serious speech the whole time he was doing, can you see what <laughs> he was doing this thing? <laughs> and we thought it was such a serious speech, but he was doing this the whole time, just making his pecs bounce. And it was, we thought it was the funniest thing ever. So we're like, okay, by the time we're seniors in high school, we must be able to do that because that would be hilarious. Just imagining all the applications for like all these different serious conversations we could be having and we could do that. So as much I, I, as much as I hate telling this story now, I wish I had better reasons. That's where my initial driver came from. Um, and then as we got into, so for me, all through, all through high school, I've always been, I was always a pretty awkward dude. I wasn't very athletic. I didn't really feel like I had anything I was good at or had anything that made me stand out. My personality for a long time, I thought my value, like to make people love me, to make people like me, I had to be seen as very impressive. So I was really searching for my thing that made me stand out. And really, I didn't like myself very much for a very long time. So kind of latched on to nutrition training, basically how I shaped my body as, okay, this is going to be the way that I become like, I'm going to reach this certain look, this certain physique. And everybody's all of a sudden really going to like me. And all of a sudden I'm really going to like myself. Like all these things I dislike about myself right now, they're just going to be gone. All my insecurities are going to be gone. So I really latched on training nutrition as like, being the thing for me and all through college I really got more and more obsessed with it really found out it wasn't the thing which like really my story for like why I love this is so much different than most people's because I didn't have like I've gone through some crazy transformations I've lost 70 65 pounds like I've made crazy changes but that's not that and this is what I always try to tell like explain to my clients too like no physical change is going to make you happy without first addressing the mental side of things. So for me, it was, damn, we're really getting deep into this, but okay, by my senior year of high school, uh, or my senior year of college, excuse me, I was training people at the rec center. I just didn't really, I didn't really like anybody. I didn't really like myself. I didn't feel like I could connect with anybody. I had a lot of, a lot of like, a strong dislike for myself that I really projected outwards. Um, so from there, basically I went through a very bad breakup. I figured out that, okay, trying to chase looking a certain way, this isn't the answer. If anything, this is making me less happy. So 
I really started diving a lot deeper into the personal development side of things, meditation, just like trying to figure out why I was so angry at other people and in turn, like why there were so many things that I didn't like about myself. At the same time, and like part of it came from I had never, like I just had never been able to find anything that outside of training, which I thought would like help me achieve this end result that would make me happy and make other people like me and make me like myself. I had never really been able to find anything that like gave me any sort of sense of fulfillment or I always just, I had a very nihilistic like worldview. Just how I saw life in general is kind of like, I don't really see the point of all this. So for me, then we're getting really deep here. But for me, um, when I started training, I remember like when I first started as a personal trainer for like the first probably six months to a year, I hated it. And that was like what had been my career plan for the whole time, my whole like all through college. It's like, okay, I'm a personal trainer. This is what I'm going to do. So then I was really freaking out because I had all these issues. I didn't like anybody. I didn't like what I was doing. Um, but then I had this guy named Daniel who started coaching with me and he got really consistent. He started to see really good results. And before this, like working at a college rec center, and I'm sorry, I'm kind of all over the place here, but no, working I at a, you. this is, I, it's really cool for me to like hear these things. Cause I didn't know these things about you. So I get to learn oh, more sure. and it's just like, it feels like an honor. So yeah, no, please. Oh no, absolutely. Okay. Okay. So working at the college rec center basically most people that worked with I could see them like once a month and that was it of course I didn't have all my online stuff set up now to where like okay that's not a problem we have all these structure systems and ways to communicate it was literally like all right we saw I saw you once a month here's your program good luck and of course like people weren't getting great results with that I didn't really know what I was doing yet but I had a guy that started training with me a couple times a week his name was Daniel um and he started seeing really good results for him. I remember one day he came in specifically and he said, I've always shopped at J crew. I've never once been able to buy a pair of pants because they don't make pants for fat people. That's his exact words. I just was able to buy my first pair of pants from there. And it was such a little thing, but he was so stoked about it. And for me, that literally just flipped a switch. It was honestly the weirdest thing like that night I went home and I mapped out okay, this is exactly what I'm going to do for the next five years. And that was like the first time I'd ever taken an initiative to do anything like that. Like truly since then, it's hard to explain because my life literally did like a complete 180. Like I know you know me now and I'm not somebody that lacks focus or drive or anything like that by any means. But it was for me just like that. I was like, oh shit, this is great. Can I swear on here? Yeah, of course. It's explicit. Okay. Okay. okay perfect. So I was like, this is, it was literally just like all of a sudden I just had like such a strong sense of fulfillment and purpose just from like that little moment. I, was like, I want more of this. So for me, and then I eventually transferred to, I graduated college. Well, right before I started, before I graduated college, I started working at a big box gym, started training a ton of people. I was doing like about 60 sessions a week at the gym for a couple of years there. Um, and I found a lot of fulfillment through that. Just like seeing the impact I could have on other people's lives. Well, at the same time, I was really diving into my own personal development. Okay. How do I actually like build relationships with people that have depth? So I remember I started work, I started like learning about vulnerability 
So I started like with all my, all my in-person clients. I would just like, anytime there was a little conversation, I would say, this is something that I feel really insecure about right now. And I was literally just like all day long, just, and people would be like, what at first? But then I was like, okay. Like all of a sudden we have, like, I have such a good relationship with all these people because I'm being open with them. I'm being vulnerable. And of course I helped my clients results a lot too, which in turn like kept adding this fulfillment. And that's just an example of it. But it was kind of like, I was going on this journey of over my first couple years of really training, of being this person that I really, really didn't like in all my life. I had had kind of a strong sense of disdain towards myself. To somebody well not perfect, I liked myself so much better. I was so much more confident in myself. And like to that, to just like not have this sense of like loathing almost towards myself was just such a relief. And then I actually see myself like turning into somebody I was confident in. I liked, I liked these traits that I started to see. And then it was like, through training others, I was taking them on this journey with me in a way. Like I saw their, their perspectives of themselves shift. So for me, I know that was a very, very long answer, but that's really, and I almost even kind of forgot the question, but that's really like how I got into this. And then we kind of, t- I guess we kind of tied it back to why I'm so passionate about it too. That for me is the thing. Like, I feel like now I can almost take people on a similar journey to where they can start with a really shitty perspective of themselves. And not only can I help you with your training and nutrition, but I can also like help you implement things like, Hey, here's some books I've read or like talk me through like what you're feeling right now. Just like you said, like even if it isn't related to nutrition and training, like talk me through what you're feeling right now. And while of course I'm not a psychologist, I don't have the answers. Here's like maybe a similar struggle that, that I had. Here's what helped me. And so like going through all that, I feel like I can really help a lot of people go on a similar journey as what I've been on. I just like appreciate you sharing that so much. And as you were talking, I almost, but I still feel like a little emotional. And as we (laughs) all know, I'm a sensitive empath and like very proud of it, but just like, I could feel your emotions in that story and like, I'm so appreciative that you told this because it's so apparent that you're taking your journey that you were on and you're helping people by saying like, Hey, yeah, I know where you're at. Cause I literally was there and I'm here to support you and to be your guide. And that's exactly yeah. how I approach therapy right. um, is I'm not above you. I w- I've, I've been where you're at and if I haven't, I can empathize where you're at and like take my hand and let's go together. And I just think that is so beautiful. And that is what I was trying to portray at the beginning of like working with you. It really felt like you were taking me with you and this huge support. And I almost feel at a loss for words, but you said so many (laughs) powerful things in there. Like, vulnerability is so important. It's vulnerability creates connection and you took something that was really uncomfortable for you, which was like being vulnerable about not liking yourself, which I think we can all relate to and using that to connect with other people and to help people. And that's just so beautiful. 
<laughs> Thank you. That that means a lot to me. Um, do you know you know the Enneagram? Oh yeah. Okay. So are you a I'm two? A, I'm a three. Okay. I'm a two wing three. Okay. Okay. What's the three okay, again? Perfect. Uh the achiever. So yeah, no, I can definitely I can definitely see that in you though too. So like for <laughs> me, like I said, the biggest thing I always have to fight and always be aware of is like I want to be impressive to people. Which in the past, which until I like honestly the Enneagram is something that's helped me a lot, just like understand myself more. But for me then realizing like okay, why is it that I can't have all these relationships? Like, I really, really struggle to have deep relationships with people. And for me, just like you're saying, when I realized that, like, instead of impressing people, like, being vulnerable, putting myself out there. And I first heard it as, like, think of vulnerability as a building block to a relationship. Like, each time you put out, like, a little piece of vulnerability and the other person will reciprocate, then you're just kind of building it more and more each time you share something more. So for me, that was really a crazy thing now no lie it's still something that I struggle with all the time because again that is, is like something that seems to be in my nature and I'm always fighting it like okay I don't need to be impressive I need to actually like <laughs> relate to people and have real connection yeah and I think like what's so impressive about you is like and I'm not just trying to like your ego like I'm really like mean all these things is just that you you even though you're addressing that like I guess you could call it shadow part of yourself that like always wants to be impressive maybe I mean I don't know who doesn't right but you're taking that shadow piece of you and you're aware of it but like you don't come off that way because it's so clear that you genuinely are here to help people and like your content is fucking impressive like Thank you. It's impressive because you're not, I can, like, I can tell you're not trying to be impressive. You just genuinely, like, want to give people tools they can use. And I know everyone feels that. Um, and that's what makes you impressive is, like, you being you has such an impact on people. And, like, I swear I'm, like, on the verge of tears. It's so, <laughs> like, I think because I, like, have worked with you and know you that, it's so meaningful to like be talking to you in this way, you know, like right. human to human. <laughs> Thank you. That means a lot to me. I'm very flattered that it's had that much of an impact. Yeah. Um, so um, switching gears. Um, this idea of mindset is something that you love talking about. And I also love talking about and, I'm wondering if we can dive into um, mindset and how you view that as important to um, fitness and nutrition. And I realize this is a very like open-ended and sort of vague question, but I kind of want you to just take it where you want to take it. Of course. Of course. So the mindset thing is very, for me for the longest time with both myself and with my personal training clients, I think a big thing that held us held me back and held my clients' results back was focusing too much on mindset in the terms of like, you need to be more motivated. Okay, like, okay, you didn't hit your macros again this week for whatever, like the eighth week in a row. Okay, try harder next time. 
we're going to talk through some mindset shit. This is going to get you motivated and you'll do better. And then like similarly, even as a trainer, and I know I think you've probably seen my transformation because I've probably posted it a hundred times, mm-hmm. but, but similarly for me, I was that person, even as a trainer, like I knew everything there was to know about training and nutrition. At least I thought I did at the time. <laughs> I just, I don't think that now. So that's not a true statement, but I knew a lot about training and nutrition, but still, even as a trainer, as a coach myself, I was that person that every Sunday I was like, okay, this is the week finally going to get consistent with my training and nutrition, right? Every damn week. And I know so many people listening to this can probably relate to that. So the thing for me, and this is why I love the idea of environment design, or like for me, I look at mindset as kind of an, there's an art and a science. So the science of it is like, the art of it is like shit that gets you motivated, shit that gets you inspired. The science of it is like your systems, your environment around you, all this stuff that you don't really think about, but actually has a huge impact on you. So for me, it's like just these little things like, okay, maybe every single day, every single week you tell yourself, okay, this is the week I'm going to stay out of, let's just say like all ice cream in the freezer. But no matter what, you always end up giving into that temptation of ice cream in the freezer. Now, many people will say like, okay, it's a mindset issue, right? Like if you just find a strong enough reason, if you just find better motivation, you'll be able to keep out of the ice cream in your freezer. But what if we like take it to the science side of things or the system side of things? And we just look at like an idea of environment design. Like, okay, what if you just don't keep ice cream in your freezer and instead we like set it up to where you want ice cream? You have to go out and like get a portion size you can control so you can get like a fun size ice cream from Dairy Queen. I know that's a different example, but for me, like with the mindset thing, so much of, so much of how we act. And there was a period of time where I kind of started to connect all this. And I looked at this idea of basically I figured out, okay, I've been telling myself that I'm going to act a certain way for years and I never fucking follow through every week. I let myself down. So I can't, count on myself just all of a sudden just drastically changing who I am as a person right so instead of trying to change these things internally why don't I look at like first and foremost what can I change externally in the environment around me to kind of force myself to act as the person I want to anyways because external change like in changing changing things in your environment is a lot easier than trying to completely change the core of who you are as a person right so for me it was like okay how can I either make it harder to do things that I don't want to do or make it more painful to not do the things that I want to do. So for example, I hired a coach, hiring a coach is such a great example of this. And I truly think that's like one of the most powerful ways to create a shift quickly. So for me, I hired a coach. I really respected. I was paying him a lot of money. So right there, if I don't follow through with my nutrition and training one, that's a lot of money I'm throwing down the drain Two, I really respect my coach. I don't want him to be disappointed in me. So I'm making it a lot more painful. Also, then again, we're looking at things like, um, like we were talking about with the ice cream. Like what, what little things in my environment can I change? All right, so I hate how I never get out of bed. I always like tell myself I need to get up at 6 a.m. And then I hit my alarm or I hit my, um, I hit my snooze button like five times. I'm late to work. So what if I just put my phone across the room before I go to bed? So I think like when we're talking about mindset, kind of different tangent, but I think that's, I think that's important to consider the environmental aspect of it. Or like I call this leveraging situations again. 
Um, I think that's one of the biggest pieces when it comes to mindset that people really overlook. And that's one of the biggest things I try to look at with my clients because also, I'm sorry, I'm just rambling a lot today. So if, <laughs> if at any point you want to interrupt, please, please feel free to. Um, it's all good. I, I love it. I had a lot of caffeine this morning. So, <laughs> but like with my clients also, that's one of the biggest things to look at because I remember when I was really diving deep into like the habit side of things. Um, because again, it was like, I had so many clients that, okay, they come on, they're motivated for like eight weeks, but when they're leaving me and like you talked about, like you're my former nutrition client, my goal isn't to keep people around for forever. My goal is to empower people to be able to do shit entirely on their own. And that's, and that's really like what my coaching service is based on teaching you a ton, giving you all the tools to do this on your own, and then setting you free to actually like put all this into action without me. I don't want people to stay around for forever as much as I love all my clients, but that's, that's the goal of it. Like to teach you how to do all this entirely on your own. So for me, um, I was looking at like, man, all my clients, like, well, they're really motivated. They're getting good results. But as soon as like motivation fades or when clients leave me, they're all falling off the wagon right away. So then I came to this idea of when I was really, really going harder on studying habits, kind of the psychology of all this, basically like when motivation is high, we can crush it, but we eventually always fall back to our path of least resistance, right? So for so many people, like again, taking it back to, I don't know why this example of ice cream in the freezer is what we're going with, but that's what we're using. it's so applicable, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) But like taking it back to that. Okay, so instead of just saying, how can you always be motivated to do your absolute best? How can we change this path of least resistance? So basically, you're, again, like forced to act how you want. So for me, like, outside of anything mindset related, that's been the biggest thing for me. And again, it all just comes back to environment design. Does all that make sense? Yeah, completely. I mean... I love all of what you're saying. And like, of course, like having worked with you, I, I know your approach and I love hearing it again because Mm -hmm. I swear to you, I think of you all the time when I'm working with my addiction clients because it's the same, it's, it's the same thing and that it's, it's, it comes down to habits. Like because of you reading or listening to rather atomic habits, which everyone needs to go. It's seriously so much. I, I, I actually, because of you, like you, okay. So I have to tell you this, not only did you impact me, like by being my coach for nutrition and fitness, but like, I think of you a lot when I'm helping my clients, like in therapy settings and, and who are struggling with addictions. And like, I, I recommend atomic habits. Like I had, I have a client, you know, struggling with, I'm going to be as like, general as possible struggling with an addiction that I you know told to read this book and he's like wow this makes a lot of sense and I'm like (laughs) yeah or like there's a client you know that I'm helping that like has a specific problem with like maybe you know keeping a certain food in the house and I'm like how about you just not like right it's sometimes really simple or like I always think of your example of you putting your phone all the way down two flights of stairs in the center console of your car. Like I could just like riff off the things that you say because I highly like 
respect and like value all the things you've taught me. And I, I swear there's like moments where I'm like, Jeremiah, like you, you still inspire me, right? It's like, (laughs) you're my coach and like, you're always going to be that person for me. Like, even when I'm making food choices, it's like, like, what would Jeremiah do? What would he say in this circumstance? You know, and it's just like, you really have such an impact. And I kind of branched off of like, we were talking about habits, but like, I felt that it was important to say, but it's, it's so much more than, like you said, just trying to use your willpower, which right. doesn't actually like exist. Um, I don't think. Um, and actually looking at your environment and the things that you're doing and changing those. And then you can shift habits in like so quickly. That, that first of all, that makes my day to hear. So thank you for sharing all that. No. And I couldn't agree more. I think that so much of it, I don't think that very many of us are actually missing like the fire, the drive to do things. I think that again, like taking it back to the art versus science, people just forget to look deeper into the science. And so many times, like for me, like I had to just check myself on this just this last week because it's getting to a point where it's like, because I'm pretty busy now with all my coaching and whatnot, but it's like, I need to be more productive. I need to be creating more, but I just don't have time to. And then I had to check myself again. It's like, okay, if I look at my day, like it's even like stuff as simple as, as like, and I kind of nerd out over like blocking out every single hour in my calendar but which i get isn't some people's cup of tea but like for me it was like okay my systems here are actually pretty shitty like my calendar is a mess and i could clean this up a lot it's not that like i haven't been fired up enough about i want to help more people i want to be able to reach more people it's like like i have that that's there that's not the limiting factor right now the limiting factor is i'm just not as organized as i need to be right now does that make sense totally And I think like this is a good segue into something else I wanted to talk to you about, which is time. And Mm -hmm. like, I'm curious and probably know what your (laughs) view is on this, but like a lot of people have been saying for so long, like, I don't have time to do this. And like, we literally have all of this time now with, you know, being quarantined and again, I probably know your answer, but like, can you explain why this is actually like the best time to harness in on your fitness, nutrition, even whatever other goals, despite the fact that gyms are closed and I I roll my eyes at like people panic buying groceries because I think it's fucking ridiculous, but you know what I mean? So can you just explain your view on like, because I'm sure you agree which is why I'm assuming you agree (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I think that it like everything else and I've probably told you a lot of times too or you've probably heard me say a lot of times it depends which here again I I don't think like for some people I know like some of my clients that I work with like I'm thinking one client for example her job was literally like to fly from place to place constantly and it was i don't want to give like all the details of her job but like she was constantly flying that's how she made her money for her she just like completely lost her career so in like that case it was like okay like i get this you might have more time but also you have a lot more stress so like in some situations like that again i think it's very dependent on like what the person is going through but 
I didn't mean to sound, <laughs> I didn't mean to sound like no, I get empathetic. I get, I get where you're coming from though. Also trust me. So, but I think for many people like right now, more than ever, we do just have time to get your nutrition habits unlocked. Like so many of my clients right now, like so many temptations are, are removed. Like if we're talking about environment design, this is just like you basically like all these restaurants, all this stuff that normally threw up your diet, it just completely taken on the picture, right? And if you're not working, you have a ton of time from home to like, okay, I can meal prep. I can, I do have more time to like, okay, map out what, what does my day look like? Or even like if we get into training and I don't know, I don't know how deep you want to get into like things like that. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> so, I mean, as far as training goes, similarly, like we can talk about like, okay, your muscles are dumb, right? They don't really know the difference between a dumbbell or a backpack that's loaded with cans. So like so many of my clients, and I'm sure you've seen the videos of like mm-hmm. girls doing like wine bottle lateral, lateral raises and like loading a heavy backpack up with the water bottles, books, things like that. So, I mean, the point of all this is you can hundred percent still make progress. Now here, like we have more time than ever. Many of us have more time than ever to get our nutrition dialed in. Now, again, I do very much think like, this depends because the reality is and honestly for me one of the hardest things to come to terms with still is everybody handles stress differently so like for some people like whereas like okay maybe the stress of this doesn't impact me a ton for my client that just lost her job is she also ready to take on the stress of dieting and training four times a week i i mean probably like in her case probably not right so it depends but again, like for those of us that are still in a good headspace that can't handle all this going on, I think you've never had more time to get it dialed in. But I think this does come back to you. I think this more comes back to the mindset side of things, right? Here is where, and I know you listen to my, you listen to my podcast with Casey where she was talking about growth versus fixed mindset, right? Like, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> I, that was a super, I love that one. So we share a lot of similar views. But what I've been telling all my clients is, Right now, I think is the as long as I've been alive, as long as I remember, there has not been a time when it would be easier to spiral into just negativity and really let yourself regress as a person, right? All this shit is going on around us. It's insane. So I think now more than ever, this is literally when you just have to choose like, okay, am I going to keep pushing towards the person I want to be? Or am I going to allow myself to just get caught up in this, just be reactive to the situation around me instead of designing the life that I want? Kind of like, maybe this ties into what you were talking about earlier, like life by default instead of life by design. Um, I, I know I emailed my list about this actually on Monday, but like if we are just right now, if you do allow yourself to just be reactive to like, oh shit, all this stuff's going on, on Facebook, like these situations really stress me out. I can't do anything right now. You're just reactive. Then you're basically just going to be thrown back and forth by the waves, right? And it's going to be create a life by default. Your outside circumstances are going to completely create the person you become, which probably isn't who you want to be. So now more than ever, we have to be proactive about like, okay, I'm choosing every single day to intentionally still push towards the person I want to be. It is harder but this is what I'm choosing, right? Does that, does that make sense? I know yeah. there's a lot of random thoughts thrown in there, but. No, it completely makes sense. And I, I'm not surprised that I 150% agree with you. <laughs> like we can choose, 
we can choose to like create our reality basically. Um, I think one of the things that you were talking about was boundaries. Like, you know, we can choose what boundaries we set. Um, so we can choose whether we want to get sucked into the vortex of like fear and anxiety, or we can choose to say, no, I'm not going to get sucked into that vortex. I'm actually going to use this time to better myself, to do something that I've been wanting to do, to create, to whatever it might be. And there's a choosing that happens. Right. No, no, 100%. And I mean, and I truly think that we just spent so long talking about how so much of this is an environment. But then that does really come back to the mindset. There is also a part of you that literally just has to choose. Okay, this is the direction that I'm going, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, just to kind of like, not to beat it to death, but the way that I've been approaching the situation is I haven't had fear and anxiety one time about COVID. Like I'm not, you know, in denial. Like I know that it's a very severe virus that has killed a lot of people. And I have a ton of empathy for that. And I can hold that with, I'm also not going to let it affect me because I can choose to not let it affect me. So yeah. Um, I think that was so important to address. Yeah. Um, I feel like I could honestly talk to you all day, but, um, I want to talk about common mistakes that you see people making, and maybe we've addressed some of those already, but Maybe, maybe we talk about like common mindset and environmental mistakes. Like maybe any that you feel like we haven't already addressed with oh, kind of everything we've been saying, but okay. that hold people back. Okay. So I think first and foremost, again, talking about this idea that you have to choose. So even like new clients that I see, one of the biggest things I'll talk about on like anytime I'm onboarding a new client, it's the idea of taking ownership, right? We can come out, we can collect a shit ton of information. I can tell a client everything they could possibly need to know to like be a new coach themselves. But if they don't take ownership of the process and put in the work on their own, then no change ever happens, right? So, I mean, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes right out of the gate that now, fortunately, I don't really run into this very much anymore, but I know like when I first started coaching, this was a lot bigger problem. Um, it's just like realizing that no matter what, nobody else can do the work for you, right? Like you still have to show up every day and be consistent with whatever the information your coach or whoever you're working with is giving you. Um, from there, as far as environment design goes, I also think there's really kind of this thought that Some people have a really, really, like you see these people that are super lean, like have the physique that you want, but they also seem to have a really good relationship with food, right? So I think that a lot of times the mistake people make is like thinking that these people just like keep their houses stocked with like, again, like Oreos and ice cream and chips and all this is just like constantly around. 
But I really personally don't think that's the case. I think, again, like one of the best things we can do. And then like people feel guilty because they're like, damn it, like these people can just do this with moderation. Why is it that whenever I have chips in my house, I just eat all of them? And like the reality is that's not the case for most people. Like all these foods are very, very tempting for all of us. And I'm also, I'm not at all on the train. Like you should never eat any food. Like I think that the best thing we can do is eat mostly whole foods and then work some balance in there, right? Like with the other 10 to 20% of your diet, get flexible, enjoy foods that you want to eat. And I never give my clients like, okay, don't eat this food unless it's literally something that like we know really gives you major digestive issues or, but outside of circumstances like that, um, I think it is important to like work things like that in for balance, but also like realizing that you're not like broken or a weak person without any willpower because you have trouble controlling yourself around these foods like other people. Just most people that like have a lean body know how to work these things in moderation. Also don't like constantly have that temptation there in their house, for example. So again, like we we're talking about with the ice cream earlier, like they'll set it up to where like, okay, if I go out, like if I want ice cream, then I have to consciously think about, okay, I'm going to go out. I'm going to be able to get one from the Dairy Queen drive-in and I can control my portion size right there. So I think like little things like that are huge. Um, those are really the two biggest that come to mind. And then I think also like the dosage it takes to actually change. Like I think as far as training, most of my clients just train three to four times a week. So I think as far as training goes, people way overestimate. Like most people think they need to right out of the gate train six to seven times a week. Like me personally, I still only ever train four to five times a week. If I do more than that, I get burnt out. My recovery is worse. I think that's a big misconception with people. And then undervaluing how important nutrition is. Really, nutrition is the biggest driver of change. Of course, if you want to build lean muscle, like your training is super important. But no matter what, if your nutrition isn't on point, you're not going to create the changes you want. So for most people, that's another big thing. Just undervaluing nutrition, overvaluing, okay, I need to do a ton of training, I need to do a ton of cardio. Um, and then finally, I would say just kind of the all or nothing mindset, which has kind of been beaten to death, but it is still something I see with so many people like, and like truly with so many diets, even this is the flaw that I think throws most people off. So for example, let's say you are following a keto diet, right? But you can't see yourself not eating carbs for forever and you really miss carbs, you eat some carbs, and now it's like, well, shit, I fell off, right? And then people kind of let that spiral into days, weeks, even months sometimes. I now, have no experience with that whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> now, this, that, and that's truly just the most, like you have no idea. I would say probably 50% of new clients have that some variation of that exact experience, right? So, the problem with this is, I mean, one, I think that many times, like if you have a very rigid diet structure, which is again, why I like the, this flexibility, if you have a very rigid diet structure, it right away kind of sets you up for failure, which then kind of leads people to like, okay, what's the point? And then we fall off for weeks, but also like realizing, like I tell my new clients this all the time. Also, like out of all the transformations my clients have made, never once have I had somebody that hasn't had like a bad day 
or a bad week of nutrition or miss a couple training sessions. Like what you do 80 to 90% of the time is much, much more important than like falling off once and literally even like working through the math of, because so many people will like, okay, I have had a bad meal. I like went over my calories by like 500 and my next day I'm five pounds heavier than I was before because it was pizza or something with like, let's say like someone with a lot of sodium. So they're holding more water. So then like literally working through like, okay, for you to gain five pounds, we know you would have had to scientifically had, have had eaten whatever 3,500 times five is. Which is ridiculous amount. <laughs> right. Like 17, 18,000 calories over your maintenance intake. Did that really happen? So no way. Like you would have to, that would, you would literally have to like put pizza in the blender and drink it <laughs> to get that many calories down. Right. So for most people then just like realizing oh shit, like, okay, so this is actually just water weight that I'm holding, right? And, oh, I didn't just screw my fat loss overnight. So like for most people just realizing like in one bad meal or even one bad day, the quote unquote damage you can do to your progress is very, very minimal. Like if you just get right back on track the next meal and the next day, you're perfectly fine. You really haven't set yourself back much at all. It's when we get in this mindset of like, all right, I already messed up. Now I got to start all over. Well, like I gained all that five pounds I lost back overnight. Then it's just like, screw it. So for most people, just understanding the science of like, okay, this is for you to actually have gained five pounds of fat. This is what you would have had to have eaten. This ridiculous number of calories. For most people, just understanding that is super empowering. And that kind of clicks with like, okay, yeah. So it's really not all or nothing, right? Honestly, like... I've not heard that put in such simplified terms. Like even right now I'm kind of having an epiphany because I've definitely been guilty of like thinking, Oh, I've gained like a bunch of weight because I ate all these things in one day. But as you break it down, it's like, no, that's actually ridiculous. Like there's no way in hell that actually really happened in one day. And I think that's so powerful for people to realize. I don't know if other people are going to have a moment (laughs) that I just had, but it's like, it's yeah, a big it's thing. Math. Like, right. No, it's a big yeah. thing for a lot of people. So like truly, this is just a mind blowing thing for most people because mm-hmm. so many people have been like, this is why so many people, uh, not the only reason, but a big part of why people like fail and start over diet so many times. Right. Because they always think, well, shit, that five pounds that I worked my ass off for the last five weeks to lose. I just blew that overnight. I gained five pounds back. But again, if we look at, okay, so your maintenance intake, right? Where you need to maintain. If you're on a diet, so let's say you're on a 1500 calorie diet, you're losing a pound per week. Then we know you probably maintain right around 2000 calories. And this is guessing this would be for a pretty small person, but to have gained. So let's say to gain two pounds of fat, to gain one pound of fat, we know you need to eat about 3,500 calories over your maintenance intake. So to have gained like even two pounds of fat, this person would have had to eat 7,000 extra calories. So if you literally just go look at it, it's like, Oh wow, that would be very, very hard for me to have actually gained this much weight. And then like when people get right back on track, then we'll see over the next couple of days. Oh wow. Yeah. My weight work dropped right back to where it was before. But yeah, it's a super empowering thing for most people to just understand that. Yeah, totally. Thank you for um, breaking that down. Of course. Um, so I definitely want to respect your time, but I have a couple other questions and then just some like fun quick questions because I think it'd be fun to like 
throw those in there. Um, so you mentioned uh, cardio and like, mm -hmm. I know that's like one of people's favorite topics to like almost debate, like how much cardio should I get and right. what kind? And I actually, I put this in your Q and A for people who don't know, like Jeremiah, like you need to follow Jeremiah because one, his content's ridiculously amazing. You get like, like free advice on nutrition training and he does these really amazing things on Mondays where he asks for questions and he'll actually answer them not only in his podcast, but also on Instagram. So like, this is just an example of how like incredible he is. But I asked in your Q and a yesterday about hit cardio. Cause I know that's like a big mm -hmm. thing right now with being in quarantine. What is your opinion on like how often someone should be doing hit trading? Right. Because okay. I've heard different things. So, I mean, here again, it's kind of an it depends answer. But if we talk about like the average person that wants to just get leaner, basically feel more confident in their body, right? We really have this hierarchy of importance that most people get mixed up. So most people think like, okay, I want to get leaner. I'm going to start by adding some hit. Whereas like if we look at, let's say our fat loss hierarchy of importance, the most important thing is going to be your nutrition. When it comes to like most people about when we're talking about your metabolism, about 5% of the total calories you burn per day come from exercise. So no matter what, like you're not going to be able to burn it off unless you were just training a shit ton, just a ridiculous amount of hit, which at that point it's going to, it's going to be a lot to recover from, but that's a whole nother rabbit hole. We don't have to go down, but basically for most people, what I say is if you're trying to get lean before you worry about this, first and foremost, we want to focus on your nutrition. That is so, so much of your fat loss results. That's why I'm a nutrition coach first and foremost. Next to that, above that, I should say, and this is really very much dependent on what you want to accomplish. So if your goal is just to lose fat, you don't really care about building lean muscle or maintaining lean muscle, then I would say just choose whichever form of exercise you like. So be that running, hit, yoga, go for it. If And like most people that I work with, basically they want to get lean and strong. So they want to build lean muscle, they want to build more definition, and they want to lose fat. So in that case, if that's what you want, then resistance training is super important because cardio just isn't going to build very much, if any, lean muscle at all. So once we get past that, then for fat loss, we actually have your non-exercise activity. So if we look at calories burned across the course of the day, all these little things like fidgeting, pacing, blinking, account for a lot more calories burned than the calories you would burn doing like a hit session. So, well, we can't say like, okay, make sure you blink 5,000 times every single day. We can give people a step goal, for example. Make sure you hit 10,000 steps every day. That's going to make a lot more difference than your cardio. So for my clients, once we have all those factors dialed in, and for most people also, once we have your sleep dialed in, because a lot of people really struggle with their sleep, if you're only sleeping four hours a night, your training alone is going to be hard to recover from. If we add like hit on top of that, it's just going to be so much stress in your body that your results aren't going to be very good. Okay. So like now we have all these factors dialed in. Now we focus on cardio. Now there we could get super deep down this rabbit hole of like, okay, which is more optimal, more aerobic work or anaerobic work or hit. 
which is we don't have to get in like energy systems or anything like that so let's say like hit versus low intensity steady state cardio right now here really i don't like to split hairs too much i typically like to ask the client like okay which of these do you enjoy doing the most right because if i gave you okay say so you're gonna do 120 minutes of walking on an incline treadmill and you hate walking on an incline treadmill, you're not going to stick to that very long. Whereas like if you prefer two hit sessions, great. Knock yourself out. Like you're consistent with it. You get the results you came here for <laughs> and you're, and you feel good, then that's much more important. So when the whole like hit versus list debate, that's kind of where I fall on that. Now, when we actually get into your original question, which was like, how much hit should people do? I prefer with my clients to keep it to the minimum effective dose. So like a client we know enjoys hit. Okay. With your training, your nutrition, your steps, your sleep all dialed in. Now let's start by adding, let's say one hit session, one hit session per week. Okay. Like how are your results? How's your body changing? We're tracking their body measurements, their weight every week. We're seeing how this is impacting them. And then from there, like, okay, if you want to speed up results even more, we'd rather decrease calories or increase hit. So we're either impacting the calories inside of the calories in, calories out equation or the calories out by adding hit. So if they prefer to add hit, then we'd add from there. So again, this is, I don't have like a, everyone should do four hit sessions per week. It so very much depends on the person. For most of my clients, like a good rule of thumb I like to use, and if you listen to the, I did a Q&A a couple weeks ago where we talked about this too, because Chaz actually uses this also, is one hit session, we also want to add like one list session. So like for, for every high intensity session that you add in with your training, also add in like a low intensity cardio session because high intensity stuff is a lot more stressful in your body. It does take more recovery resources. So again, if we're pushing that too much, it's going to be harder for you to build new muscles. It's going to be harder for you to recover. It's going to be harder to make progress overall. That said, if you're somebody that's like just doing HIT training and you're not doing resistance training on top of that, you're probably okay to do it like three to four times a week. Mm-hmm. But when we have resistance training on top of that, say you're lifting three times a week, then I would say like for most people, two to three times a week at the most. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Um, Thank you for breaking that down. And I think what you said is really empowering too um, about, you know, that I think you said 5% of, of it, of the equation is exercise. Yeah. And of course, of course it varies a lot, but yeah, it's a very, very small percentage of the calories you burn per day are exercise on average about 5%. Yeah. And I think, that piece right there is so empowering for people like embarking on a, on a journey to losing weight, which is what most people tend to want to do because if they can hone in on their nutrition, like you said, it's about 95% of the equation. That's like a huge part of it that you can control. And then it's like, I just kind of think of like exercises, like the, I don't even like gravy, but like, (laughs) The whipped cream on top of, you know, the whole thing. Right. Like you don't need to kill yourself working out or exercising to achieve your goal. Like if you get the nutrition part, like that's almost all of it. And then you can do things you enjoy on top of that. It's kind of what I'm getting. No, no, 100%. That's very much the approach I take too. And that's just, 
Like I know I've been there just trying to burn it off. And that's where most people have been stuck for so long. So like it's really once people just get a grasp on their nutrition, it's crazy how much like people that have just been trying for years and years and years to lose fat, but have just been stuck on this hamster wheel of exercise. Once we get the nutrition on point, it's crazy how quickly you can actually see changes. Yeah, that's so cool just to have that like really spelled out. Again, it's like, you know, when you like kind of know something, but then when you hear it for like the hundredth time, it like, you're like, oh, wow, that makes a whole lot of sense. Right. I think that's right. what's been happening for me here in the interview, <laughs> which is really cool. I love it. Um, again, I could ask you all the things, but I think my last... Um, of my last businessy questions I don't know what I'm calling it that but um <laughs> and you can be succinct with it if you want but I think what I've kind of heard and like admittedly feel myself is like is the strength training I'm doing at home like actually enough like um there's that like misconception that we have to go to the gym and like lift heavy weights to actually feel like we're doing something. Right. Uh, but I guess now that I'm thinking about it, I'm talking it out. It kind of goes along with like what we were just saying, but I don't know if there's anything you want to add to that question. Yeah. So I mean, again, for fat, if we're talking just fat loss, the most important factor here is calories, right? Obviously calories in calories out isn't the only factor that matters, but if you're eating more calories than you're burning in a day, you're not going to be able to lose fat. So if you're somebody that is just using like hit workouts as a way to burn more calories, you're not worried about building lean muscle again, then of course, yeah, you can do that at home through like hit workouts. You can go for runs, different things like that. So of course that's effective. But the biggest thing with most people like feel training, <laughs> training at home isn't as effective as when it comes to building lean muscle. Like, okay, I don't have these dumbbells. I don't have barbells. How can I still build muscle? Now, no lie. It's not, going to be as optimal to have to load up like a heavy weighted backpack as it would be to just, okay, I have dumbbells right here. This is so much more convenient. Right. But again, like I said earlier, your muscles are dumb. They don't know whether you're lifting a loaded backpack or dumbbell. All they know is tension. So studies have shown us that there's this concept of effective reps. So basically to build lean muscle, we need to take a set within uh, five, or rep, five or less reps of failure. The closer we take, basically, so imagine you're doing like, imagine you're pressing your backpack overhead, using a lot of your shoulders, some of your triceps, but let's just say shoulders. All right, so for that to actually effectively create a muscle building stimulus for your shoulders, we need to get within five reps or less. So the cool thing here is, Again, it doesn't matter. And again, it's a good rule of thumb to go like one to three reps away from failure. But the cool thing here is studies have shown it doesn't matter so much the rep range as long as we achieve those effective reps, right? So anywhere from five to 30 reps, as long as we get within a few reps of failure with like an overhead pressing movement, we can assume that that's going to create a very, very similar growth stimulus or hit your shoulders with a very similar training effect no matter if it was a barbell press overhead press you were doing or you had bands looped around your hands and you also had a heavy backpack in your hands and you were pressing that overhead does that make sense yeah totally and it's again really really cool to 
to think of it that so, way. For most people, that's just like understanding that, like, okay, you can still create adequate tension. You just have to get a lot more creative. So again, like I talked about, like the clients have been using weighted backpacks, wine bottles, um, big five, five gallon water jugs. Um, and I actually wrote a whole blog that last week actually that like breaks down what my clients are doing, different ways you can load it. Um, it actually gives you even free at home workouts to like plug in whatever equipment you have available. I can send you the link for that also if you want it. Yeah, but, I'm pretty sure I've probably seen it, but I would love to include it for other people. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I will rather than just keep rambling about that, just send you the link because that's super helpful. It has literally like, okay, here's templates, take whatever equipment you have at home, plug it in for these movement patterns and you have a three to four day a week training program. So and I'll just send you the link and we can say that's in the show notes. Sound good? Yeah, of course. And I just like, it's, I can't stress enough, like how helpful and amazing your content is. Like Thank I you. really want people listening. Like you need to go follow Jeremiah because you're seriously, I have like favorite people that I follow and like you're in the top three. Like seriously, I can't, I don't even have words. Just go follow him. <laughs> um, okay. So before we wrap up, I just have a few, like what I think are fun questions that shouldn't take very long just okay. because I think it would be fun. Um, just knowing you. Um, okay. What is your favorite food to fit into your nutrition? Hmm. Okay. That, like so... I, I want, I hate using guilty pleasure cause I think I don't like using that, but like, what is your, I'm just going to say guilty pleasure. No, for sure. For sure. So I have every Tuesday, I always get a donut. I can't, I don't know why it's Tuesdays, but every Tuesday, it's just donut Tuesdays. That's just a thing. So I always work a donut into my macros. And then I really, every Sunday, me and my girlfriend go get frozen yogurt. Um, I would say those are my two biggest ones. I love it. Things I didn't know. Um, okay. <laughs> so if pe people don't know this about you yet, but they will, cause you post a lot about it, but I'm laughing because I do not train my calves and I like, oh, no. I don't know if it's a thing because I'm a dancer that I was always up in releve where you're on the balls of your feet. So I was always working my calves and I've like, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I've always had like strong calves. <laughs> so I never train them. And if it's in a program, I just cross it out and I don't do them. Uh -huh. So I'm like dying to know what is your story about <laughs> like your calves? Kind of do me like this. No, so <laughs> honestly, it's just, it's just a joke. So I actually didn't have very small calves, <laughs> but, um, I feel like amongst dudes, it's like a joke, like, oh, do you even have trained train legs? Like, look at your calves. So for me, like, taking it back to college, that is something that I was actually, like, super insecure about. Like, I remember one time I was at this party, and one of my buddies was making fun of my calves, and I literally just left. Like, <laughs> I, because, again, that was, like, my thing was, like, my body is so dumb. So, like, since then, I don't know. For me, it's just something that's funny to joke about now. Like because they are actually really small, but also I don't like, that is the one thing that I definitely slack on that. I'm not doing anything to work on them. I just like you, I cross out calf raises in my program too, but I need to not do that. So for me, it's just a, it's just a funny thing to joke about. Um, yeah. I don't know, kind of just like 
and I don't think anybody actually even knows like the backstory behind it. But for me, it's just, I, I don't know. That's what I got. I, I, I only brought it up because I, I think it's funny because I, I don't like doing cap stuff. So right. like I always appreciate when you make jokes about it. Um, <laughs> like I forget what your most recent post was, but it was hilarious. because The hieroglyphics like, one. Oh yeah. Can you, do you remember it off the top of your head? What, what your caption was? Oh, I like kind of want to look for it. Yeah. I was looking at, we were on this hieroglyphic trail in Arizona and there's like all these hieroglyphics in the rocks. And I said, whenever I like don't, the one day a week saturdays saturdays have just been trying to chill and just like hang out with my girlfriend and be more present so those are like the days where i don't have really really good content prepared it's like okay i'm just gonna chill more so like whenever it's like okay i'm just gonna think it's something whatever dumb to say or something funny to say real quick it, it seems to always like come back to okay these are my calves so yeah what i was looking at the hieroglyphics and i said whoever they say the first person uncodes the uncode these hieroglyphs unlocks the secret to calf gains or something like that but yeah i love it so but funny. No, that's that's the story thank you for thank you for humoring me um, of course. trying to think if there were any like other fun um okay last last fun question before we wrap up um what is your favorite movement like your favorite like be specific. Like I love single arm rows or like, what is your favorite movement? All right. I love a land or not a landmine, a hammer strength, isolateral stepped back row, which is a mouthful. So I'm like trying to picture it. (laughs) So it's, Oh my gosh. And this, we could go. So this is just like some nerd shit, but basically all movements have what we call a resistance profile. All right, so if we look at moment arms or basically like where your body's weakest in a position and where your body's strongest in a position. I really like training my back, basically. That's the most fun for me. Um, but if we look at like where our body's weakest in the position versus strongest, most of your rowing movements or most of your back training movements in general are easiest at the front and they get a lot harder as we row back or pull down. The problem is, with how that with how our moments moments moment arms are so here basically as my elbow gets further from my shoulder joint i get weaker so the movement gets heavier and i get weaker as i'm rolling back so that means okay i'm so sorry i didn't oh, i love this i love the out. i'm so glad you went here all right so that means that when we're talking about building lean muscle we want to be able to fully stress the muscle through the greatest range of motion possible but if the movements gets more challenging the resistance increases and we get weaker as we're pulling that means we're not actually gonna be able to fully stimulate very much muscle so if you take a hammer string <laughs> stepped back isolateral row which is basically you'll see like a machine it has a chest support then it has two handles yes, and pull back. You that's my favorite. Sorry. so here no you're okay so there we look at like now typically with that um and here again, we're talking about like moment arms, like the lever arm, the weight sits on. Okay, this is the pivot point. The weight when you start the movement is below the pivot point. So halfway up, or basically when the weight, the lever arm is straight out from the pivot point, that's when the movement is most challenging. So we're starting here, it gets more challenging because the weight's getting further away from that pivot point. So 
we I'm not doing that with my chest against the pad. I'm actually stepping back. So at the start of the movement, the weight's directly away from the pivot point, right? Or the weight is the lever arm straight out from the pivot point. So as I'm rolling back, the resistance is going to decrease because the weight's arcing back closer to the pivot point. So therefore, the weight, the basically the movement's going to get easier as I get weaker. So it's going to allow me to overload my back more evenly as opposed to like on a normal rowing movement it feels like you're like you get weak really quickly but you can kind of just wrap out the bottom quarter of it mm-hmm. forever right so we don't really fatigue the muscle very well so it's just a lot more a lot better matchup so basically damn that i know that was a lot but the point it. of all the point of all that is like <laughs> it's a really good movement for your back Okay, I'm so going to do that when the gym opens again because the hammer strength, um, I don't even want to call it machine. It's not, I mean, it's, I guess it's a machine, but doing hammer strength rows, like single mm-hmm. arm rows, is one of my favorite back exercises. So you've it. just like leveled it up for me. I'm really Yeah. Excited. So, like any, on a similar note, like any like T bar attachment. So, like in the landmine, like a T bar row, a single arm T bar row, anything like that, they're also going to get easier as you roll up so like t-bar movements are a really good option there as well i love t-bar too okay i'm so glad you went there um okay so my very last question is what if any messages would you want people to really leave with after listening Mm, that is a good question so i would say I mean, I really try to, and this is something I picked up a lot from my mentors, kind of taking it back to my own journey, realizing that fitness in itself wasn't the thing that made me happy. I think that just realizing that for most people is, okay, we have to work on personal development. We have to work at, look at where I'm at mentally. And like this, we could talk about the same thing for like achieving business goals, right? Like I picked this up for, from multiple mentors, the body being body being balance in business, right? You have these four quadrants of your life. If you neglect any of them, your life is probably going to suffer. And I think for most people, again, like, especially when like talking about what I'm talking about here, it's easy to be like, okay, I'm just going to go hard on my body. I'm going to get ripped or whatever your goal is. That's going to be the thing that makes me happy. If you neglect your being or even like your balance, your relationships, or even like taking it to business, if you neglect your career in like any of these fields, basically what I'm saying is all these fields are very important to focus on. And just keep that in mind. Like don't go all in on like, okay, this is the one thing that's going to make me happy. Yeah. Um, really great message to leave people with. Thank you so much for coming on. This is was so much fun, fun and I got so many good laughs, but also so many like amazing takeaways. And it's so cool to be able to do this with you because I, I know you and I've worked with you. And so, yeah, thank you so much. Um, can you please tell people where all the places are that they can find you, which I will also include in the show notes? Of course. So my podcast is Living Lean. Um, it's on Apple or on iTunes, Spotify, all your big podcast hosts. Um, my Instagram is at Jeremiah Bear, B A I 
R. And then my website is barefit.com, B-A-I-R-F-I-T. Now there I drop a blog every single week. So like the blog that we just talked about, um, super packed with information, super applicable. So I definitely, first and foremost, check out the podcast and the blogs. Yeah. And again, like I can't speak highly enough of your website, your Instagram, your podcast, like they're literally all my like Bibles for, (laughs) for fitness nutrition. Like I'm not even just saying that. Um, so please everyone like go follow Jeremiah on all the places. And like, I can firsthand tell you like working with him is such an incredible experience and you get so much more than like achieving fitness and nutrition goals and you just become a better human. So thank you for saying that. I'm really, I mean it. So if you're, interested in working with him at all, like just schedule even just a chat. Um, there's no, there's no pressure. And that's, what's amazing about, about working with you. Um, yeah. Thank you again so much. And I'm excited for people to hear. Of course. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This has been super fun. Yes.